listeners, and welcome to the Rollcast. My name's James Price, here to take you through the Odyssey. That is the Brisbane Royal Football Club. My voice is back to a much more normal a more normal situation this week, and I'm joined by two of my usual comrades uh, at the moment. And the man that has assumed the position on the couch, paint me like one of your French boys, uh, French girls, sorry. Uh, Mr. Ben Clark, how are we? Oh, look, it's it's been quite a week. It has been quite a week, and it's only um, Tuesday. And yeah, I think we'll get into mm. we'll get into it a bit later. But it's uh, been quite a week for me. Yeah, particularly. Okay, and Mr. Danny Butts, uh, welcome back. Did you enjoy your birthday last week? Yes, yes. This actually went out on my birthday, so there you go. Yeah, like the broadcast gift to me. The broadcast, yes, the broadcast gift to you was a week off. So I <laughs> uh, hope you enjoyed it. And uh, just straight off the bat, we do have a special caller this week, uh, but we. We might talk about the game, and then we'll get to him. What do you mean? We have two special calls. Well, we have two special calls. Both with the same name. Yes, both with the same name. I don't know where we're going to... I guess we might just back in other days. I mean, well... Which one's Dave and which one's other Dave? Dave. (laughs) (laughs) I'll let you guys work that one out. Sorry, listeners, we should totally edit this out, but you know we're not (laughs) going to... This is the broadcast. What are you going on about? It was on the weekend. uh, Brisbane Raw at nil. Sydney FC won... Stupid sausage rolls in the 57th minute with the penalty in front of 10,724 people at Netstrata Jubilee Stadium Oval, something or other. Cogra. It's Cogra. Uh, bookings, of course, we did get our first red card of the season. It was a double yellow to Scotty Neville in the 45th plus one minute, so just before half time, And in the 55th minute, and then Jay O'Shea in the 52nd minute uh, as well picked one up. Big surprise. No, Sydney FC players got booked. I, for one, am shocked at that, Ben. I'm shocked. 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 Shocked that no Sydney FC players got booked. Absolutely. By Chris Beath. Just need to get the name out there because we'll be talking about him a bit. <laughs> That's it. Dan, this was an interesting game. <laughs> Without maybe necessarily, there was obviously probably two major talking points, I would say, uh, which we'll definitely get to, and um, when we get to our special guests as well. So, one is obviously the handball that led to the penalty, and probably the Corey Brown as well. So, two big VAR involved decisions because you know we all love to talk about VAR around here. It is the great savior of football, VAR, of course. And if you cannot pick up the sarcasm in my voice there, then <laughs> please listen harder. Uh, but. Beyond that, Dan, let's we'll, we'll get to them. Let's actually talk about the rest of the game first a bit. What did you think of our performance, um, you know, overall or, or how we set up as well? This was the most clear definition between all the problems we've had in attack shown and all the good stuff we've done defensively over the year or the season, both shown in the same game. If you look at that at a – like our strategy was clearly to stifle Sydney for as long as we could and then if we got a chance to attack, do it then. And from a like a technical, defensive technical aspect of movement, of attitude, of marking, those sort of things we did well. For a large portion of the game, Sydney got shut outside the box, which is mm. pretty much what we intended to do. We didn't give them easy shots. They had shots, but we didn't make it easy for them. We worked hard. Defensively, we did well. And I guess in the A-League, to some extent, you can defend games to not lose and still have reasonable success. So there's some merit to playing like that. Although anyone who's ever sort of watched football anywhere will tell you, you can't really do that 90 minutes and then expect a result. So we were kind of chancing our arm with that strategy, like the alternative being throw people forward, caution to the wind style, a la Melbourne City once upon a time, (laughs) Redcliffe. Um, 
So I kind of... And to be honest, in the last time we played Sydney FC away, we probably, we were a much higher line and tried to probably push on further and and we got torn apart. Yeah, so so that's the the trade-off. So I kind of can appreciate it defensively on a technical level. And as I've said in the past, I think since Christmas, we've gone away and sort of, there's a bit more effort in the players. Now it's not, and I'll probably throw to Ben here because he will articulate this better. It's not great football. We don't look great on the ball, do you no, want to go and no, I don't know. run look, from look, that? Yeah, look, it's 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 not great football. It's not you know, it's not the shashy football. <laughs> like it's not the you know, it's not uh, you know, it's 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 not Barcelona. No, it's not Barcelona. It's not Gagan pressing. Mm. It's not you know, um, you know. Really, any sort of clock ball? No, no, no okay. not clock ball. Not like I don't know what they're calling it. Clogging. Uh, no, no, there yeah. is another term. Clogging, clock, clocking. I don't know. Yeah. But well, whatever, whatever no, it is. But you know, the it's not attractive football. It's not you know, it's not great on the eye. But what it is is it's better than what we had at the start of the season. Mm. Um, you know, because. You know, this is more getting towards what you'd imagined our pre-season form to actually lead into if it actually led into the main season. <laughs> you know, like watching us play in pre-season, we were, we, there was a clearly defined plan. You know, it was, you know, largely based around, you know, the intentional counter and, you know, basically fast transitions, that kind of thing. And that looks that looks like it's back on. But this this game, obviously, the opposition dictated that that approach was more defensive. Yeah. So you know, there wasn't the, as you say, caution to the wind. You know, that wasn't done at all. It was very strict and very structured. And there wasn't, you know, Sydney Sydney FC don't offer you many opportunities to break intentionally or otherwise. So they're the masters yeah. of the dark yeah. arts in sense of shutting down attacks 100%. legally or not and 100%. getting away with it. Hundred percent. And and obviously, you know, even once we were down to ten men, we were creating the odd chance on the counter. Yeah, obviously we'll get I, to the main Yeah, I mean I thought and I thought we played that period really well. Yeah. In that yeah, we we clearly obviously well we we, for, we parked for, the bus for, a bit for, for ten minutes we were Absolutely, get, ten to fifteen. We were getting absolutely smashed yeah. under the cosh completely. But I thought the last fifteen minutes, we absolutely owned it. Yeah, that we we were the better side with ten. And if we'd had probably eleven on the field at that stage, we we would have we, we we much better chance of points. Yeah, you were pretty panicked. Right? Yeah, we were pretty panicked for a team at home, top of the league by a lot of points, yeah. one nil up against ten men. Yeah. That, yeah. that ten men was pushing them. It, to be honest, if Jacob Pepper could probably hit it straight, we probably would have had it. I'm still blaming or, Brad or, or, or a Marty Holloway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mar- yeah, Marty Holloway's chance was, it was fantastic as well. And, yeah. Yeah, and clearly it's all Brad Inman's fault. It's, so it's, it's clearly <laughs> Brad Inman. If he yeah. just did better, we'd be, we'd be <laughs> top of the league. Brad, Brad Inman's in the first half. Brad Inman's yeah. in the first half. That was a really good chance as well. And oh, the one he set up for O'Shea, which was probably our uh, best chance the first half, was um, sublime oh, yes. play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The way that uh, Jamie Young released him, Rasset Mongol read it really well. The back heel that left. O'Shea in and O'Shea yeah. should have got the shot. He had enough time to line up. I think he was um, surprised 
find and, himself in that situation. And I think Redmayne was surprised to see it go around the post. Yeah, right? oh, yeah. Because Redmayne was nowhere. Yeah, like Redmayne. Redmayne had given up. Yeah, Redmayne was watching that, hoping. That's, uh, yeah. yeah, but you know, obviously it just didn't kill enough and it kills, you know, and it goes just wide. And that's, and they're the sort of chances you've probably got to take against Sydney FC. For sure. To really sort of put them behind behind the eight ball. And yeah, yeah and that was the struggle all day. It's, uh, you know, but you're absolutely right, Dan, in that we defended really well. Um, it wasn't a, the cleanest, but I think just the effort is there. The, yeah, if the, you, the effort and the structure if was If you there. put this alongside the first game of the season, that was. The same structure, same, hmm. actually quite a lot of different players now I'm thinking about <laughs> it, but the same squad and the same mentality, but just no, no really, like no one fighting for the badge kind of thing. Now I think we can see that a bit more. When people do good things, people are patting them on the back and jeering them hmm. up and yelling at each other and really encouraging and like getting excited. Jamie Young does a thing. He gets surrounded by half the team going, holy shit, you kept us in the game again. Good job. Like, <laughs> that wasn't happening at the start of the yeah. season. And I think it took a little while to get there. So defending is good. It's reasonable. We're doing the basics and we're putting in a bit of heart. And I think that makes 50 to 70% of the A-League. If you can get mm. those things right, you're, you're on the way. Yeah, that's it. And if you can lock that down, and now you've got the solid base mm. to, uh, look, we can do this bit. Right, let's work on the, the forward bits from there and get those combinations working a little bit better as well. And then that's how you become a complete unit. So, you know, that's very much what Graham Arnold teams are built on. And it was really worked at the defence out first and had a couple of good solid plays back there. And then slowly but surely the Arnie Kilbot sort of mentality, <laughs> you know, everyone playing their role, pushing on, yeah. starts to go forward. And, you know, we did pretty well at making sure that their fullbacks didn't get a lot of space on the weekend. And Very much you know, so. I uh, like... You know, as I touched on before, the you know the tactical discipline, and you know, clearly they've been really, you know, and I mean this has been a bit of a, you know, bit of a bugbear of mine of Robbie Fowler's throughout the season is that I think the tactical work has not quite been up to scratch, and I mean obviously that is not having that familiarity with the league as much as maybe some other managers. If you, know. if you look at um say, Perth Glory, who are probably, they're playing the same formation or the same style in terms of the way they move the ball around is a, in a tactical mm. sense. They're the cleanest ball movement and the cleanest, like, tactical player movement runs and things like that. Sydney have got them a little bit in other areas, but from a tactical perspective, I think Perth are the strongest team and we are, like, the polar opposite in transition compared to them. We don't, it's what you're saying, Ben, we haven't quite got yeah, back. But, but, like, I think that that is... This game is a very clear demonstration that that is changing. Yeah, it might be changing slowly. It might not be, you know, you know, up to standard quite as quickly as we'd like as fans. But it's making progress in the right direction. I certainly think that we're, you know, I certainly think that we are, you know, a lot further along in that regard than we were at the start of the season. I think we were very naive. I don't think there was, you know, I think there was chopping and changing, thinking, oh, this will be great against this opponent, and it was completely the opposite. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? Using tactical Max Crocom for the first four (laughs) rounds wasn't a masterstroke? Yeah, like, you know, that kind of shit. But it's it's like... But he's he's clearly learned along the way, right? Like, he he, he, he thought he had had this right. But he's but no, he's realised, no, Jamie Young is there. And seriously, that's what I said. So first, first game, same formation as this game. Yeah. Which players are the same? Uh, like O'Shea, Inman, Aldred, Gillespie, maybe. Yeah. Everyone else totally uh, Never was probably out there somewhere, maybe in a different position. Yeah. yeah. Majority of the team has changed, you know? So yeah. I think 
that's part of the evolution of mm-hmm. what works, what doesn't work. And and, so, and yeah, half the teams change. Yeah, and yeah, you can change a lot. So I mean, how many other clubs have changed half their team between now and start of the season? You know, that's wow. right. Um, Melbourne, Melbourne City change around a bit, but. Yeah, they always change around. Yeah, yeah, and, look, and in the end, I mean, in the end, this game probably could have been a lot worse if not for that man in the in the in the outfit that stands in the goals. What's, who, what's his middle name? Um, it is definitely Jamie Fucking Young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, didn't win save of the week this week. Robbed by Daniel Lopar in another FFA conspiracy against Brisbane, uh, so that he didn't win four weeks in a row. But another amazing double save. Sydney-centric uh, media, so, fucking Sydney-centric yeah, media. Was this team of the week, though? Yeah, it, it was team of the week this I week. I think we yeah. just – I said, said that on social media. We just need to call the goalkeeper spot and team of the week the Jamie Young spot. And then <laughs> that eliminates him from – because it's a tribute. It eliminates him from being picked. It lets the other keepers have a chance. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's it. Otherwise, it'll just – yeah, and look, he makes an amazing save, and you know, and his distribution has certainly gotten a lot better. So, cannot get by without mentioning him. So, yeah, what, I think two great long range saves off Bratton, and, and 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 one of those ending in a double save. Yeah, and then the double save. Yeah, um, which he was probably slowly like he was kicked straight at him. There was another great block off. Uh, I think it was a Ninkovic run. Um, so, yeah, it really, yeah. there was only probably one big mistake where he flattened Aldred, and uh, <laughs> the shot was cleared off the line by. Uh, I can't remember who it was now. Might have been. I'm going to say Neville just because Neville or awesome. some Shay or something for when he's not. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it was standard Jamie Young, let's be honest. Uh, it'd be great if we didn't have to rely on him quite so much. Now, let's talk about the two main incidents yeah. then. Now, look, let's be very clear here. Scott Neville absolutely deserved his first yellow cup. Yes. <laughs> you know what? Like, I'm looking at this and it even tells you 45 plus one minutes. Did he even need to? Like at like that, at that point in the game, no reason to. It was absolutely one of those ones where you're just like, no, nah, I want it. I want half time right now. Yeah, like give me half time. Why is it not half time? Oh, yeah, and he right? sizes him down. Yeah. Just cuts him down just to be like, okay, you're gonna blow the whistle yet? Yeah, exactly. Like, do absolutely a half time finder. Uh, yeah. they, they, they they call some clearances touch finders. That was a half time <laughs> finder every time. <laughs> Um, that's, that's, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, but the absolute fucking state of that being, a, first of all, counted as a handball for a penalty, but then second of all, being a yellow card. So right? the yellow card, I think, is explainable in that, Apparently, if one it is follows a, the other. Yeah, yeah. So if you believe that it's a handball, and we, and then apparently there is a rule in place where if it is a handball that is a shot on target, that is automatically a yellow card. So that's why that is applied. So I can see why that is that will, that will actually be ticked off as a correct decision by the FFA. Um, yeah. But you can debate the handball all you want. Really, it's it certainly does hit his hands. You can't deny that. It's whether it maybe hits. The body first. It, it, we, it, we've the, got uh, we've got an expert witness in that we talk to yeah. later. It, it it it's the body first. Mm. It it's absolutely like and the way that the Premier League referees this aspect of handball this season in the in the new IFAB rules mm. is absolutely ideal. Now, when they actually get it right. Um, That's a so, you know, obviously their, you know, th- their instructions have been clearly stated 
to be if there is deflection which deflects off the body and there's no opportunity to move the hand out of the way, then it's not classed as a handball. You know, even if their hands are above the fucking head or whatever, like, Mm. you know, if a deflection takes it onto your hand, then, you know, it's it's not classed as handball. So, like, if you have no opportunity to withdraw your hand because of a deflection. So... Why is that not the universal rule that's being applied? Like, you're literally seeing the same thing get refereed differently between countries that that have VAR. Yeah, we're like, seeing it between weeks in the yeah, end. Exactly. Like, <laughs> and look, and that's, I think, that's, but there's that also not everyone maybe working now. Like, I've had changes of rules and, you know, every referees manager probably takes a slightly different interpretation on how to roll it out for their league and they explain it slightly uh, differently in different words and it takes it probably takes five years, honestly, before the world gets a collective knowledge of how to actually do it right. Yeah. And by that time, I've had to play a chance of rules again yeah. and we'll be back to stage one. Well, and, but it yeah. begs the question, though, what about a VAR then? What's the point in having a VAR if not to clarify what the ref can't decide in the heat of the moment? So you could argue, I mean, I would argue this one, the VAR at least abides by its own apparent rules in that it was not a major and obvious error. I, like, because the ball, like, you're talking split frames between when it maybe hits yeah. his body and his arm. All right. And I, it takes it, a lot I, of analysis I, to work out what actually happened. Once again, I'm very consistent on this. Mm-hmm. VAR didn't get involved, and that's good. Yes. Right? But... It's a poor decision to begin with. Like, the, the problem is the decision to begin with, and Chris mm-hmm. Bates has a lot to answer for because there is no fucking way that you should be calling a deflected, you know, goal that, the well, a deflected sort of shot that hits somebody's arm as immediately a penalty because VAR will overrule it if it was clear and obvious that it's hit it, mm-hmm. you know, that he's stuck out his hand to hit it, yeah. right? You know, We're so, back at the advantage goes to the defending team. Like, you know, it's still a subjective, if you're not sure, which side do you err? Yeah, and, and I would always err on the side of the attacking team, right? Yeah. Because, you know, that is the way that the rules are meant to be applied of the game in general, mm-hmm. right? So I, in, in essence, I have no problem with what VAR has done here. Yeah. I just have a re- and you know hmm. with the general concept of favoring the attacking team. The problem is that Beef should absolutely have not called it, and it also wouldn't have been an obvious error the other way. Yeah, no, exactly. So it's all on his call. Like in the end, it's all on his call. call. He's made the call. Yeah. He has an absolute track record of <laughs> fucking us over. Ex- you know, to a greater extent than any other referee, with, with the exception of maybe Sean Evans. Like, I think Sean Evans is generally incompetent, though. But Sean Evans is incompetent. Chris Beath is... Uh, Chris Beath is, and this next opinion is Chad Friends, <laughs> flat-out biased against Brisbane Royal FC. Yeah. Well, let's just hope we don't get Chris Beath this weekend. <laughs> oof, oof. Let us well, hope. Let us um, hope. Well, um, mm. I, I've, I've had a look at the... The, the list. Have you got a crystal ball? Have you got a crystal ball open? Yeah. You see um, the A League of a referee appointment. It's a magic eight ball. <laughs> you see something comes out. Not a I've, chance. I've, I've heard. I've heard it through the grapevine that um, a certain referee doesn't have a game this week. I wonder why that could be. 
uh, unescap- bet, you was a, bet you was in the VAR box for our game, though. In, inescapable, <laughs> inescapable family commitments. Mm. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be the first time this season on the that Gold Coast. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Anyway, yeah. so that's where that one lies. Uh, ben had fun communicating with the Sydney-based football media uh, over the weekend. So you can just go look at his tweets around that one. And, well, uh, anything where it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, but the other big one, Dan, was. I still just want to save the handball. I think we're unlucky in this one. I still think we're lucky on the Aldred one against Western Sydney. <laughs> so I reckon they've eaten themselves out over the course. I would and, and, and then once again, uh, with this one, the referee was that day. And with this Corey Brown one, yeah. Well, this is. I mean, this is this is VAR saving our bacon. So even if you want, if you want to go that VAR shouldn't we, intervene, shouldn't intervene. I like, you know, yeah. They, they probably equal well. Actually, we'd have two penalties against us, which we very Sydney have seen. They get no, no. I, I absolutely maintain that this should have been a penalty. Yeah. And the Scott Neville one shouldn't have been. Yeah. But do you get the Corey Brown one if the Scott Neville one doesn't happen? Possibly not. Yeah, you're, prob- you're probably not because the game. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, it's the game has changed from that moment on. Mm. So it's a butterfly effect situation, but. You know, if you take the two incidents in isolation, then don't give the first one. Do give the second one. Absolutely. And this is the weird part, Dan, isn't it, where this is VAR where it's trying to be millimetre perfect and where, you know, it was introduced to reduce the howls and yet this bit is turned into this mathematical equation. And Yeah, we're yeah, looking yeah, at, yeah. like, offsides and we're saying they have to be millimetre perfect and that's what we're going to spend all the money on, get it all right. But then VR for every, VAR for everything else, uh, oh, subjectively, oh, that's enough. That was yeah. like sixty mm. percent right. Yeah, don't change it. It's not an obvious error. But the offside bit, yeah, two that, two fifths of my scrotum like, was offside. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the intent of the offside rule has always sort of been to stop people getting a huge advantage. If yeah. you're half a foot in front of the next player, it's not a huge advantage. No. You're done anyway if you're getting the ball through that circumstance. It's not a yeah. yeah. So why are we VARing so hard on that and, and not other things? I don't know. It's a real strange sort of calculus that they've made that it's, you know, microscopic precision for offsides yeah. and then literally anything else is just eyeballing, whatever. eyeballing it and going, oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, looks all right. all right, yeah, yeah. close enough. Listen, I still have issues with things like, and these are going to sound like extreme examples when you just point them out as one at a time, but the flow and effect from... Knowing that the VAR exists, so for an offside, for example, what if you don't call an offside and yeah. he runs down the pitch and doesn't score, but it goes out for a corner? The linesman was like 50 50, so he didn't bother thinking, yeah. oh, well, if it was a goal, I'll call it. It's, then what if they score off that corner? Yeah, you're like, it's the oh, butterfly effect. Gone out of look. What mm-hmm. if there's a glancing hand ball in the through ball that doesn't get pinged because they think, oh, VAR will figure it out? There, goes there, out for a corner and they score. There was an incident check in the Premier League this season where the VAR check was going on for a minute. 40 of game time, right? Uh, now, anything that happens in that minute 40 then gets expunged. Mm. Yellow cards, the red way. cards. Um, some red cards, I think, don't. Some red cards yeah. don't for, like, foul yeah. play, serious foul play. PSG, I think, had one just over the break or just before the break, and there was an incident at halfway that yeah. they couldn't tell, and then one team went down and in the box in a scramble. I think someone hacked someone and got a red card. Yeah. And it turned out the halfway decision meant the player had to go back. 
but the guy, yeah, still got sent yeah. off because it was a two-footed challenge, I mm. think, and it, it just yeah, blew up in France because yeah. they were like, but that didn't exist because the earlier, why did you not stop the game and go and check them and out? Because they were like, oh, we needed to see if they scored down the other end. And, yeah, it's weird. And, and look, and Corey Brown, obviously, it was a rubbish challenge. You never should have made it. And uh, it was classic Corey. Um, and I think he did actually get yellow, which went off the record. But I reckon that's Corey anyway. Brown being Corey Brown and forgetting he's in the penalty box. That's <laughs> yeah. what it looked like to me. Mm. Absolutely. That will about do us for that one. Uh, we are currently oh, sitting on the hang table. On, hang on, hang on. Hang on, what, is there something else you wanted to... Well, look, those the the chance... Which one do you think was the more clear-cut miss, the Amadi Holloway or the Pep one? <laughs> For the quality of the player, Amadi Holloway was the better chance at scoring. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. You can't use that because Pepper doesn't have any quality. It's like <laughs> dividing by zero, okay? <laughs> oh. Look, Pepper, Pepper got within like 20 metres of the goal, so to me that's a shot on target for Jacob Pepper. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, look, of all the players to fall to, you're a bit uh, really pepper. I'm sad because I think Marty Holloway's getting better, but it's just at the right at the time when he's getting phased out of the team yeah. because their other strikers are getting yeah. a go. But it's can... missing chances like that though that hurt him. Yeah, yeah but he, I mean, when you get ten minutes for mm. the last two months, what do you do? You know, put the ball in the back of the onion basket. It's not freaking hard. You're a striker yeah. paid money to score goals. All I want, all I yeah. want, it's Robbie right. Fowler, please, just find a game where we can attack a bit. Put Dylan Wenzel Halls on the pitch next to Amadi <laughs> Holloway. Please, not on the wings, <laughs> not with a third guy in between, just two strikers, thanks, and you can do whatever else. All right. We currently have played 15. Well, that leaves us uh, with one five, drawn four, lost six, 16 goals for 20 against 19 points in the ladder. Uh, because no one else could catch us on the weekend, we're still in seventh spot. So, yeah, and uh, that will do us there. What we're going to do is we're going to throw to uh, our very special guest, uh, for this one. So we actually have Dave Puray, the general general manager or CEO. I can't actually remember which title is at the moment. I forgot. Managing director. Managing, managing director, maybe. Managing, yeah, managing CEO. Managing director of CEOs. CEOs. Let's just make something up. Yeah. <laughs> Top dog. Rawcast <laughs> honorary. Head yes. honcho. Head honcho of the Brisbane Raw. Has been kind enough to uh, join us on the phone. So we're going to throw that chat now because he covers across a whole, stuff, a whole bunch of stuff on the handball and stuff like that. And uh, we'll come back and talk about the next game and, uh, and move on with the show. So catch you after this. Thanks for joining us, Dave. How are you going? Very good, gentlemen. How are you? Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Thank you very much for coming and joining us. Have a little chat. You know what? Let's start with the elephant in the room from the weekend. The handball. Um, have you received a clarification from the referees department over the uh, over the incident that obviously led to Scotty Neville being sent off? Yeah, look, I mean, uh, I, I disagree, obviously, and uh, so does the football department, of course, with what the decision was. We've uh, taken the time to analyse it, and just for your listeners, just to give you a bit of an insight of what we saw and a lot of the rules that um, we're sort of having to abide by this year, which become a little bit more confusing. But in essence, when we saw the ball... Um, that's what was in pro- close proximity to, um, to Nebs uh, being struck by Lafondre. If you look at the way the ball is spinning um, at the time of uh, off the foot, uh, there is no way that it's hit the arm first uh, and then ricocheted back left because if it had, it would have gone left of Youngy. Instead, what's happened is when the ball is, is being hit by Lafondre, it's hit under the actual rib cage of Nebs and then progressed underneath his, his arm uh, and then moved to the right-hand side. So that's what we've seen. The unfortunate thing is in the haste of uh, Mr. Beef, he's uh, pulled one of the playing cards out. 
and um, and issued a, a yellow, uh, thinking it's a shot on goal, which is fine. However, this makes it a little bit tougher for us to um, try and appeal some way, shape, or form because you you can't appeal um, an indirect red card as such uh, for a clear and obvious error. So I'm a bit disappointed. The club's disappointed on it. Um, we'll still see what legal options we've got to um, try and have it overturned, but that's just what we'll go through that process. Um, and uh, and yeah, it was obviously the only goal for the game. I mean, what was up to that point, I thought a, a really entertaining game from the boys, and they and certainly didn't lower their heads after it, and they went on and you know what, nearly got a something out of it at the end, but uh, wasn't to be. Yeah, absolutely. I guess, so how has sort of, um, you know, Robbie Fowler been going at, at the moment? Has it been a learning curve for everyone involved in the club and, and things like that? So, and I do agree that the, the weekend's performance was, was pretty interesting and I think, you know, really set up a bit of a plan. So how have you seen how he's been evolving in his time here and, and the whole club along with him? Yeah, look, I think he's been going really well, Rob, and, uh, and Tony and, and the rest of the football department. Hmm. I think there's... There's a, a really good vibe within the team, positive culture. I mean, they they certainly play. I haven't seen that for uh, you know a period of time. Um, it was a difficult year, as we spoke a couple of times last year. It was a difficult year. Um, he's had a new squad. He's got to choose, like any time uh, that you know if the squad's not exactly where he needs it to be, he'll certainly look at making changes. He has the courage to do that, and I think that's wonderful for a manager to do it. Um, and he's been playing a lot of youth boys as well. They've got a lot of staff. If you look at what's been unearthed already, um, Jordan Courtney just springs to mind, and then Mirza as well, uh, getting go. So he certainly hasn't been afraid to play the youth. Um, he certainly uh, has changed the squad around. He's achieved already this year uh, more points than last year, and touch wood, that continues to go north <laughs> as well. Um, the boys are in a, a really good state of mind, um, very positive on the training field, and I think that's certainly starting to show out on the pitch as well, albeit last week wasn't the ultimate result, but um, still a lot of positives to take. It was actually felt like a win for the boys. They're disappointed, but they they knew they deserved something more out of that game. Uh, and we progress on now and, and take on Adelaide, who obviously beat us last time at the uh, depth now with uh, Troisi, I think, did a, one little bit of genius and magic and and uh, unfortunately we lost that game. But look, a lot of positive signs. Um, Robbie, he's been doing things even outside of uh, the club um, to support the growth of the club, how we've uh, looked at uh, our academy system, um, been a little bit of a shining light on that as well. We've got some really good people in there, some local people, Warren Moon, who you may or may not know, but a mm-hmm. uh, wonderful general manager who, who garners a lot of respect across the local football grassroots clubs and NPL clubs as well. So th- there's been a lot of positives, and uh, it's just a really good place to work and really good place to be around, and uh, and that's exactly what we want to be as a club. And we spoke about that a lot last year. It is really a family club. We work very inclusive and. Um, and we're doing our best to, uh, to bring along and to excite as many people as possible to come watch the games and support the team. Yeah, it definitely looks like there's a bit a bit more spirit in, in among the team. Um, if I could just sort of wheel back, you were talking about uh, uh, Robbie Fowler and sort of the uh, willingness to change and things like that. So we obviously had a few guys leave uh, and a few guys come in during the transfer yep. window. Um, are we, we happy with that? Um, 
Any, any oh, thoughts look, I think so. I mean, it's, it, football's a, a really tough sport from the sense of um, you want to try and get uh, the best players you can within the confines of what you've been given. Um, you know, Morky, Morky's a great person. Um, he he certainly wasn't getting the game time, obviously, he was expecting because there was some other blokes in front of him. I think it was mm-hmm. simple as that. Yeah. Um, and he's a you know an athlete who wants to play, so there was an opportunity for him to go to Adelaide. Uh, similar to Roy, what a fantastic gentleman Roy O'Donovan is. And uh, but again, you know, Robbie wants to, uh, a certain way he wants to play um, with certain players up front, and uh, and he at that point in time he couldn't get it from Roy. And, and similarly, where Roy wants to play and, and may not be in, um, in front of uh, a couple of the other boys. Then uh, he he was given the opportunity to, to certainly look around, and I think that's quite admirable on both fronts. And everyone's uh, moved on from that. And then you look at the left side. We brought uh, uh, Corey Brown back in. Yeah, um, yep. seen the light and got out of the southern teams and then turned back north where he came back come with more yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and look, there's a bit of a cover while Jordan's uh, most certainly. Uh, just recovering from a knee injury is not too far away, and that's going to be a good competition for for Corey because he's now in that sense of going. Well, he's probably more of the older head compared to the younger boy. Whereas very similar days where Stefanudo was uh, the older <laughs> head, and uh, Corey coming, um, I should say, in a different way, coming uh, up the ranks, as <laughs> yeah. they would say. Uh, but I think that's good, and Scott McDonald as well. I mean, you, you saw a lot of the quality that uh, Scott produced, especially on the weekend. Mm. Um, he wasn't getting much game time down south. He obviously had a very clear grievance with Western United and he chose to, to terminate his contract and and we saw him as a free agent and then availed of the opportunity. So that's what's happened. We, we probably haven't done just yet. Um, we can still look at mm. out-of-contract players, mm. uh, those who terminate. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll have a clear eye on that. That's, we've got to freed up a... A foreign spot, obviously, with Roy going, um, yeah. and uh, and we just need to see what it's going to actually be where we need to strengthen. And that's um, just an ongoing look, isn't it? I suppose at this stage, yeah, that's right. You know, we've got. A, I think we've got a very good team um, overall. I think last weekend's performance is is just the tip of the iceberg, and I think the boys continue to produce those outcomes consistently. You're looking at a top four team um, without a doubt, in my mind. So. Um, yeah, we might add another one uh, into the mix. Um, may come in this year, or it might be in next year, but it's certainly on the on the table and, and on the cards. Now, uh, I, I have to, I have to, you know, nail my colours to the mast here, Dave. Um, uh, there's a certain player that's just been released from Newcastle United in England. Um, you know, famously, uh, you know, uh, an unsuccessful trialist under Miron Blyberg at this club. Um, has, um, has Shoulder and Elvis available? <laughs> uh, has, has there been, you know, feelers put out towards said player? Um, and on along the same lines, um, is there necessarily marquee or marquee-ish funds available for said foreign spot? Yeah, so I'll, ask, I'll answer that last question 
first where marquee funds were? I'm assuming you're thinking of the FFA marquee. Yeah, like if someone of that ilk were to be available. I I think that I'm not 100% certain. Well, I probably do know, but uh, (laughs) um, try to be appropriate with it. I don't think that fund's there due to um, the addition of some free-to-air. I haven't got into the deal or the, the machinations of it, so... Um, I can't speak with absolute evidence, so I don't think that's there per se. Um, speaking of said person, uh, I think Robbie did a tweet the other night going, I think the bloke might be on about 50000 a week. Uh, <laughs> so that might be a little bit out of much on an annual basis. But if you look at, it, at the quality of a player like that, uh, it's more than likely if he's, if he's terminated or leaving Newcastle, he's probably picking something up in Europe, I would say. Um, he might find it hard to go into China or somewhere in there right now, but uh, <laughs> most certainly uh, I think that type of quality player would probably still re- remain in Europe uh, and such. But A man um, can dream. <laughs> What's that? Sorry. A man can dream. He can dream, yeah, most certainly. He, um, <laughs> you know, as I keep asking, Robbie, do you think so? I might just come over for a couple of games. It'd be really nice. <laughs> Look, um, Liverpool have wrapped up the league. Would, uh, would certainly let him go. That wouldn't be too bad. Guess, <laughs> guess, car key contract. Uh, you know, Liverpool wrapped up the league. So, <laughs> hey, you know, what else they got to worry about? You know, it's, yeah, it's well, that's what I think. You know, it's it's a cure it away. I saw evidence uh, statement today that they'll do a guard of honour as well if uh, they they reach a certain point and they've won the the. Um, the EPL for the year. And I'm thinking, well, if it's done and dusted, let's, uh, let's see what we can do. It'd be great. Let's, yeah. let's just pay that's, us to come over a bit even better. Yeah, that, yeah. That's just rubbing it into uh, James there, Dave, so I yeah, very much I appreciate it. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. all right. I've got an evidence shirt coming in the mail with someone else's name on the back. As soon as they can put put a number against a name. Yeah, okay. with, with regards to yeah. that. Um, yeah, but speaking of Everton, obviously the Hayley Razzo transfer was um, quite an yeah. interesting one. Uh, any more insight mm-hmm. you can share into that one? And obviously a great opportunity for Hayley to, to go join that league and, and, you know, and and also, I guess, tie that into, well, you know, how is the W League team over the break? And of, uh, obviously they've had a, at least a week off, so at least an international sad. They, the three of them went to Tasmania. They had a great time down there, according to their Instagram. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what can you share about that sort of thing? Yeah, so, oh, look, I've been Hayley being sold to uh, Everton. I think that's a good step for, for Hayley. And this is what you're going to start seeing in, in women's football across the world, especially with the EPL clubs mm. now moving more into the women's space. I think it's great. You know, the, the, the unfortunate aspect right now is the competition is still, if it's nuancy. I think that, uh, that it's still got a long way to go, but we, the, the amount of money in the game to actually derive a, a full year's fixture that sits alongside the A-League just isn't there at this present time. Um, and you see that through other codes. And it, it used to be very complimentary when you've got Australia and you've got the US market as well. Some might go to Europe a little bit. Um, but now we're seeing this emergence. And I think you're going to see that a little bit more, which makes it tougher because it then comes down to dollars and cents. But uh, I'll, I'll talk about that in a moment. Um, uh, the other one, which uh, uh, there's been another a woman out of our team, who um, Alira, who we've certainly sold off to Spain as well. Um, just is that, re- is that breaking news? Announced that yet, so you yeah. might be just getting the heads up. Wow. Oh, but, yeah. um, Are you allowed yeah, to say so the club or not is, yet? <laughs> this is great. You're seeing the women starting to realise their potential globally and, and the benefits of what we provide in Australia, especially around development of women's football. 
Um, and we've seen a lot of that in our women's team this year. We've had a slow start, certainly coming better. Um, Jake here, Goodship's done a, a really good job, if you think about what he's brought together. And we've invested a lot, especially bringing a lot of the Matildas back into the squad. Mm. Um, the last week having off is one part. They've got this week off as well, which is obviously the camp. Uh, I think the, the women are playing a, a local team just to freshen the legs up a little bit more yep. uh, in readiness to go to Perth next week. So, look, the women's team has is, is been going very well, I think, a continuation of last year. You know, it's a, it's a very tight competition. You know, you can – who would have thought Western Sydney Wanderers would have been where they are? The next thing is we're belting them five. <laughs> yeah. Um, was it five, six, or uh, eight? I can't remember. No, only four. So right. many goals. No, it's four. It was four, nearly. It was four, was it? Right. I, I just lose count after one or two. Yeah, I know. So, it was 20 minutes of absolute pure happiness, that's that's for sure. And they've been yeah. absolutely rubbish since. We destroyed their confidence. Yeah. That's great. That's what we're there to do. Happy to pro, you know, provide that for them. But, um, yeah. yeah. yeah you know, and and that's, that's the beauty of not only the women's game, anyone can win on any given day. And, uh, and certainly seeing that in the men's competition this year, it's – you know, so mm. close when you think, yes, yeah, Sydney's run away a little bit with the point score. Um, yeah. But to have within about six points of, you know, seventh and eighth up to um, third and third place, I think it is just off memory, it shows the um, competitiveness. And it's not just about how much dollars you spend on your squad, it's about how you spend it. And I think that's exactly what you want out again of having a salary cap environment at this stage. But uh, mm. yeah, overall, um, not too bad for the women. And just just on Alira, uh, any word on the club or can't reveal that just yet? Oh, I think I've revealed enough that you think already. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't, can't trust. Uh, I'll so- probably mess it all up and can't pronounce it properly anyway. So, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure that'll come out very shortly anyway. Yeah, no worries. Uh, how the Redcliffe um, sort of change away from Suncorp Stadium, how have you seen that one? Going this year, and obviously some there are some funding announced um, during the week uh, for the the hill end to to get a new stand on it. So, uh, how, how have you seen that relationship going? Obviously, the W League team playing a few games out there. Yeah, actually, sorry, and one extra bit to that is: is there going to be a lighting upgrade so the A League team could play night games out there? Or um, I'm not certain on the lighting upgrade aspect, and that was part of uh, the reasoning for a Sunday afternoon there as well. Kickoff times uh, mm. because it would uh, avail of the the ambient lights uh, to ensure that the lux is met uh, for broadcast requirements. I think uh, look, Redcliffe's been a, a really good experiment for us. We've had one game, the second game versus Perth. I think you'll find will be a sellout as well. I think even though the hill's gone, I reckon we'll just I reckon we'll still get about eight or so to nine thousand because how will We'll put people in different spaces where we can, so they can watch the game. Oh, so the uh, hills, the hills out straight away, is it? Sorry, just yeah, the minute. hills out. It is. It's it's already under development out there um, okay. already. So you're probably going to cut off about maybe 500, 600 people who are standing on it. We'll try and relocate them around the different parts of the ground best we can. But I anticipate you're going to get between eight and nine thousand people still. How we can um, manoeuvre them around. Uh, sound like jigsaw pieces, don't they? Really, sometimes but it's uh, it's a great thing to have. Look, I, look, the environment that we uh, had in the uh, Red Cliff was a lot different, obviously, than Suncorp Stadium. Uh, it, I think it was it had a bit of an influence of the scoreline against Melbourne City as well. Uh, there was things we learned from it around uh, gate openings and people climbing through fences and exiting through fences as well. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, look, it was a very good experience. I think it, it opened the eyes up uh, to a lot of people uh, throughout all of the country around boutique stadiums. Uh, I think Suncorp, we've got a wonderful relationship with Suncorp. I can't speak you know, more highly for Suncorp. People have their own views as well, um, costs and so forth. But I think we've got to remember that uh, the Brisbane Roar is the only professional A-League team in Queensland. And it's going to be like that for a fair while yet until, um, one, the league transitions around. Two, expansion continues to happen, obviously, with the new two new teams bedding down. And three, being the only professional team in Queensland, men and women, we've got to service a, a very big part. And it's just not jumping people still don't understand the geography of what Queensland and the size and the time it takes. When I tell people, if you fly to Cairns, there's no difference flying to Cairns and this to fly to Melbourne. They just scratch their head and go, how can that be? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. in the same state. So, you know, we, we have to look at how we, how we promote our game, how we promote um, our players, men and women, across different parts through pre-season and obviously during season. And Redcliffe, provided that opportunity for a Sunday down by the bay. It's got a bit of a ring to it now, but, uh, a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> look, good experience. The, the guys at Dolphins do a wonderful job. They, they are, I've seen a, a real transition of their being a very rugby league-centric club, which they are, and they're, they're a wonderful club um, and a really wonderful community as well. And uh, they're seeing what football does bring. And I think that from an investment point of view from governments, they're seeing well, you know, we're putting a little bit of money into infrastructure. They're adding another 3,000 stands to make it a 10,000-seat stadium. Um, and they love having multiple sports there because it justifies. And as you know, football is the most participated sport in Australia. And uh, and the, the professional game we can avail of those type of venues. So that's where we, we currently see the experiments at um, Redcliffe. Oh, fantastic. Anything else, guys, that you really wanted to cover off on very quickly? Otherwise, I'll let Dave uh, get back to whatever important TV show he was planning on watching tonight. Um, some bluey <laughs> reruns, maybe? Or, um... <laughs> I think I was watching a bit of Peaky Blinders on the uh, oh. episode six. So just, you know, we're, we're just looking next year's um, uh, corporate outfit, mate, to see if we can include hats. Well, you yeah. can at least start with some socks, maybe, for the um, for the outfits. But anyway, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> some yeah. people have got well, some very strong passion opinions about, <laughs> about Oh, outfits. you've seen the boys' new outfit, have we? Or uh, with the tan pants and the, the jacket and the uh, white shoes? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the yeah white Rob, Robbie's had, Robbie certainly had an influence on that one as well. So, well, which is all. I've never worn white shoes before, really. So, they're getting quite used to them. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I think that's more than enough for me, Dave. Thank you very much for joining us on the show. Always great to hear from you. Gentlemen, an absolute pleasure and look forward to seeing everyone on Saturday at 6.30 versus Adelaide. Uh, It should be a good game. Absolutely. For for our derby round game with the Adelaide versus Brisbane derby. Uh, Beautiful. Have you seen the the fixtures, mate? Every other game's a derby, so why not call it a derby? (laughs) Yeah, we'll have a bottle of wine. It's a trophy or something at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right, excellent. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Thanks, boys. Take a good night, yeah? Yeah, good night. Thank you very much to David Pure for joining us there. Uh, always great when he comes on the show, especially when he uh, 
you know, if he gets and uh, drops a little exclusive, uh, Ben? I don't know if he forgot. I think he was yeah. dropping that exclusive on purpose because he knows that, you know, trusted media source, the Rawcast, trusted <laughs> news breaker. Yes, the Rawcast. Uh, can always be, uh, yeah. i tell you what, he sold, he's told my, do you have a favourite Spanish club? Perhaps he sold a little Toby. Athletic Bilbao. Is there a possibility that she has been sold to Athletic Bilbao? So he sold a well, player to your favourite Spanish club, a player in my favourite English club. Yeah. Well, look, I, I, I think... Is I, Alvarez your favourite Norwegian <laughs> club there? <laughs> I, 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 I do think that uh, it's unlikely that Alira Toby is Basque, therefore... Uh, <laughs> yeah, she um, might struggle to make it <laughs> in the team. She, she, might get, she might struggle to get near the Bilbao team. I mean, yeah. you just got to find the ones that have that are hard to pronounce, right? So it can't be Barcelona. So, <laughs> so it'd be Getafe or uh, you know, something. Maybe she's going to join the brand new real um, feminine middle Madrid team. Maybe. What an opportunity, though. Like, is she a Nike athlete? Or Yeah. Anyway, great opportunity. Yeah, great opportunity. You know, that's another league that is certainly pushing on, and they had. Uh, was it the Athletic Madrid versus Barcelona game or something like sixty thousand yeah, last terrible. season? Like, yeah. you know, no, I know Everton's put as pumping out the advertising for their upcoming USA derby at Goodison versus Liverpool. So, yeah. you know, and that's what these big teams are doing. They're having sort of mm. focus games. You know, they're playing in their own unique things, but then having these focus games where they're really pushing. It How long until there's like a European tournament for women's? So there, there is. There already is. Top yeah. two from the English league make so it. There you go. It's already there. That'll be what they're all fighting for. Yeah, going to fight to the top. Uh, of yeah, Olympic Lyon has won like five in a row. So, <laughs> who's going to knock Olympic Lyon? Well, yeah, probably, you know, probably at this rate, it would be an English team. Yeah, Chelsea um, or Chelsea you know, or a German team because the Germans are doing really well as well, mm. um, particularly with recruiting foreign talent. Um, so yeah, I think that that, that they'd be the uh, competitors for yep. sure. Yeah, and your but and a couple of decent Spanish ones. Well, you know, that's just pretty much like the men's game. <laughs> so speaking of the men's game, so mm. interesting to hear with the market. That'd be interesting. Yeah, fifty grand a week for. Uh, the unnamed Newcastle release player. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I, I really do. Really sounds a lot for him, to be honest. It, and look, that's, oh, that's what he was on at Newcastle. Yeah. I know that's what he was on at Newcastle. No wonder they released it. But you know, I also think that it might be too early for him to come back here. Um, but I really do think that that's a realistic long-term proposition. I think he might get another contract in Europe, and then after that, I think you know. Hmm. He might want to come back here rather than go back to South Korea. <laughs> That's true. That's so, so in the short term then, what? Get on there and on the socials and tell us who you think that, aside from the Dario Vitasic option, yeah, who you, else could it be that we can fish? Yeah, if there's anyone else out there, so they're still looking around. So, yeah, if you've got someone, yeah, chuck us on the social medias. Which, of course, you can find us on Twitter at The Rawcast or uh, facebook.com slash The Rawcast. And uh, you can leave us an anchor message, perhaps, uh, which uh, we have one of them coming, actually. But let's just preview... Then it was really, uh, yeah, that's about all that really covered from yeah. the David Perot chat. So big thanks for him coming on. Uh, Brisbane Raw versus Adelaide United is our next upcoming game. He did mention it, obviously. Get along to Suncorp Stadium. It's a Saturday night game. Saturday Yay. night. Get in. Yes. Get in. So I won't be sweating bullets just standing Depends. around. Well, yes. they'll probably spill If this weather holds and it's humid, yeah. Yeah, probably. Well, it's meant to rain for the next week. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. It'll yeah. dry up on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Sign me up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So Saturday night, 8th, uh, 8th of February, 6.30 p.m. kickoff at Suncorp Stadium. Adelaide United have a really interesting record at the moment. So they've played 15, won eight, drawn none so far, not a single draw yet, and uh, lost seven. So 27 goals for, 25 against. So they've been a feast lot more. Feast or famine. Yeah, feast or famine for them. And uh, 24 points on the board, fifth position ladder. And they're on three wins in a row. I think that came after three losses in a row. Uh, Smash City on the weekend at home, 3-1, Dan. Uh, Benny Halloran with the double in the first half. And... Uh, 
don't know why it erases it. They're a handy team. They look good. They look good. When they get it together, one of the best teams in the comp. Like They mm. move the ball around like nothing. And guys like Milosevic. Milosevic. I've been watching him for years at yeah. that club. And they haven't. no one's found a way to utilize him until now. Like He's taken on a whole new vein. Riley McGree, I still think he's got attitude problems. But you can't doubt his skill. Just that Very handy bit. Yeah, he, he wasn't taken away for the other ruse. Uh, yeah. I'm so, wondering uh, if we face O'Neill versus McGree. Ooh, a mental battle. Yeah, interesting. I, I, I do think that, uh, you know, having having Riley McGree there as opposed to City suits him a lot better. You know, I, I think Riley's a lot better off and I think Adelaide are a lot better off than having him kind of wasted as a mm-hmm. big part player and at City. Some players are like you build the team around the player. Yeah. And City... Because of what City is and the City group, they will never be, they will never get one superstar and build around it like, say, Western United build around Diamante or mm. yeah. Adelaide build around McGree. Like, yeah. they, they will just never do it. So, it's, you, you're exactly right. It's definitely a better fit for him. Yeah. He's shown he's one of the top goal scorers from midfield. So, and obviously, I, I don't know if, um, did Troisi get away? Did he, or is he still there uh, officially? Look, I, I don't believe his hamstring got... mysteriously over. No, I think I don't, I don't I think believe he had any other suitors, but he's, mm. um, so he's he, he hasn't gotten he hasn't gotten mutual or anything like that. So, I think he's just still out injured. Yeah. Um, injured. And that, Although, overseas transfer markets would still be open. So, you know, yeah, certain ones with, yeah, Middle East, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, yeah, yeah. Chinese um, teams might be. Looking. Having said that, Troisi has a bit of a history of thinking he's worth more than well, he was. Yeah, well, that's well it. look, and, and the other thing to just mention here just very briefly is that China has changed their foreign player laws. Oh, that's So, and are scaling back the wages that they can offer to those players. So um, none of this 200000 to Tevez or, mm. you know, Paulinho or whoever. Marilyn Fellaini. They're scaling it what back. A they're scaling it back to fifty grand as the cap yeah. uh, per week, um, which is obviously lots by Australian standards. But it's going to mean that you know those Asian spots, those Asian import spots, are likely going to be they're going to be looking at Australian players again. It's good news. Good news um, for Australians. You know, it's 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 actually quite good news for us because those players that might be playing in the Premier League might be you know Championship mm. level whatever might actually go to China rather than to England or might be bought from England yeah, to China. Instead of going and so, sitting on the bench for a Premier League team or a European yeah. top-tier team that doesn't need them yet, they're just there for the future. They might come and get some games yeah, in yeah, Asia. So, so Troy, he's not left because of that reason just yet. So um, <laughs> he, might still, he might still play. Of course, though, in midfield now, is Stefan Mork uh, obviously could... Oh, come back to that'd box. be crazy if he came back against mm. us. Well, he didn't play on the weekend, but uh, the transfer maybe went through a touch late. I was so. surprised. So, I was surprised. And I, it's Australia, so you can get around in a day. But, like, I don't even know I think they were both at their respective new clubs, even though they only got announced, like, that day. Yeah. Especially Donovan. He was already in Newcastle. So I'm, I'm guessing he jumped on a plane early and it got announced later. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> that's. I mean, that's still something like they are trying to... I mean, obviously, Fowler alluded to it on the coverage before the game that, you know, he was talking to other clubs and... Yeah, well, that's why he wasn't involved. I think so. Fowler knew it was a done deal yeah. at that point. Well, I mean, it still didn't get announced until the, well, we didn't announce it to the end of the game and that he got mutual. And I think Jets didn't announce it until the next day. And that was deadline day. So uh, Fowler know, probably mutual termination done. window came through. <laughs> oh, anyway, we're bringing uh, that news. 11, 11 something at night on yeah. deadline day. So yeah, it was pretty late. So yeah. yeah. 
Anyway, yeah, Adelaide United. Look, um, they also have a great record up here in Brisbane. That's one of those. It's one of those teams where, like, la Newcastle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like they just have a crazy record up here, and it's uh, just one of those bo- uh, bogey teams for us. So, uh, yeah, it, look, it should be a good game. We're coming in in really good form. You know, we've talked about how our form has certainly increased in uh, over over the past few weeks, and Adelaide United, they're red and they're hot. Maybe we'll catch them cold. Maybe they'll be a bit cocky, and we can catch them out. Last time we played them, it was sort of we. Probably very similar how we play against Sydney. Actually, we sat very deep and we didn't give them a lot to work with. And can't remember that. Uh, one. And then Trelisi <laughs> sort of pulled one out late uh, through a good through ball. So I remember red cards at Suncorp against this team over the last <laughs> years. Yeah, well, I mean, it is Derby weekend, uh, so uh, you know we are looking for a Derby. This is the this, fighting this, in the tunnel this, Derby or the, this the is, bottle of wine Derby. This, this really is our Derby because you know we've we've they're our partners for the Anzac game mm-hmm. and the remembrance. Uh, round game as well, like the, both of those. Yeah. Um, so this is obviously the other game that's not really either one. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I, I certainly think that uh, there's been, over the last few years, a well-documented history between the two, uh, you know, but the main absolute yeah. A-League, peak <laughs> A-League, A-League classics. Yeah. So hopefully there's another one of those, whichever way it goes. I mean, it's normally tend to happen more down in Adelaide when, I mean, especially, yeah, especially I think of the Aloisi boys going home in Adelaide and just, you know, all kicked off. I just remember, like, Jamie Young got sent off for yeah, elbowing yeah. McGowan or someone in the face. Yeah, which that was great. It wasn't actually an elbow to the face. That was Christensen in goal. That was outfielder in goal moment. That was fantastic. Right. And um, slightly less exciting moment when Mork got knocked out. When he got oh, he got yeah. himself sent off and got himself yeah, out. That's what they say. players kind of lifted, yeah. him, which was a bit disappointing. So just moments these get a bit fiery when they're tight. Yeah, absolutely. So that's this Saturday night, eight eighth of February, six thirty PM kickoff. Uh, oh, um, there's another message in the message bank. We have Dave, our Dave, other Dave, other Dave, or the original Dave, original Dave, original, yeah. Original compared to Hot and Spicy Dave. It's Dave Perret, Hot and Spicy. It's how Dave original, mate. <laughs> hey, mate, I'll take that shovel <laughs> off you so you can stop me in this hole. <laughs> it's a wicked wing, Dave. Uh, <laughs> yeah, KFC, if you're out there, happy to take you on board as a sponsor. Um, <laughs> we've got a whole catalogue of adverts so we can show you our range. I mean, especially on Tuesday nights when we're all oh, sitting around here. Exactly, yeah. We could, we could really do as a bucket. Um <laughs> Yes, we do have Dave. Dave dropped a message in, so just his thoughts about the uh, game on the weekend, and then we'll come back to some news and some tipping, and uh, that'll be a lot for the week. Hi, guys. David here. I know you've missed me. It's good to see you guys again. Anyway, just a quick uh, bit of a thought process on the recent game between Brisbane and Sydney. I thought Brisbane played fucking well. Um, Sydney weren't as good as they normally have been, but Brisbane were compact. They moved the ball well when they had to. They defended strongly. They made the extra effort to get in behind the ball when they lost it. Uh, and they pressed when they needed to press. Uh, the penalty was absolute bullshit. I don't know what Neville's meant to do. And even if that is a penalty, it's never a second yellow. He should have stayed on the pitch. However, the extra man advantage didn't do anything for Sydney. We were actually the more dominant team. And to think that the whole game hinged in the end on Pepper being able to put a ball on target. Yep, Jacob Pepper. Thank you for your very kind message, uh, Spicy Dave. Uh, Great to hear from you again. Good to hear you saying wicked. Anyway, I'm going to run away from those puns. <laughs> Let's get into some news. We covered off a fair bit of this in our chat with David Pure. 
actually. So we'll probably just run through some of this a bit quicker. There's a couple other pieces as well. Obviously, the mutual termination window deadline day delivered in spades for Brisbane Raw. Uh, such, I guess, if you can say delivering in spades with players leaving. So uh, we obviously talked about Roy Donovan leaving the club a little bit there. So Roy Donovan... Uh, Clearly not in the plans of Robbie Fowler anymore, and uh, he, he was able to get back to the Jets uh, when they still like him, uh, despite the fact that he cost them a grand final. But, you know, they've got this vision of when they were good, and yeah. O'Donovan was part of that. Therefore, they just need to get him back, and it'll be all right. Yeah, get him back. And well, look, to be honest, their problem has been putting the ball in the back of the net, and nothing says that more. Actually, I would back Roy O'Donovan to get one out of 27, and Newcastle <laughs> proved to me on the weekend that they can't do that. So. Yeah. So, you know, that could be a... Certainly when I was down there um, just before, uh, after Christmas, you know, there was a few fans that came over and still pretty happy to see him. So, you know, he's obviously still like I mean, man. look, we're here, I mean, maybe not celebrating, but Corey Brown's back. You know, we've yeah. got players coming back and we have people we like. So, yeah. yeah well, they, got a, they got a fan favourite. Let's do it. Good on them. That's it. All right. So, the next one was obviously Mork uh, has left for Adelaide as well. So, uh, this is an interesting piece of news. So, uh, you've got thoughts on this. I was never that enamoured with him, but... No, no, I don't think so. so I, my only sort of point, I think I put this out on Twitter in a bit of a tweet, was that, and I didn't really want to press the around this one, it's like we paid a transfer fee for a couple of hundred thousands of transfer money. So he was in, owned by a Belgian, Belgian club, I think. Yeah, Belgium or Netherlands. Netherlands, I'm sure. Was it McGree yeah. that was at a Belgian club? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Someone was. Yeah, so, yeah, anyway, the, so we, we actually had to purchase him back and we put him on a four-year deal. Uh, admittedly, apparently, that's quite back-ended. So, but he's still in considerable money. And obviously, we, this is a player we saw. So, th- but this is more of like a like a club sort of thing. Like, listen, before we signed Fowler, we've obviously invested in this player. We've gone, yeah, you're going to be, you're a very good A-League level player. We can probably see a future for you. We're going to put you on a four-year deal. Probably hope you'll get really good football out of you and sell you off for a profit. Like, that's what I think. I, but when you sign someone for that long, it is yeah. 100% security to make a sale. Yeah. yeah. So to be 18 months into that deal and he's just essentially, okay, he's injured. He got injured for a long time. Now he's fallen out of the pecking order and it's sort of like, oh, look, if you if you stay here, you're just going to basically stink out of the place, which is pretty much what we found. I said in the press today in the career now that we've just terminated him. So it's, it's a lot of money down the window for very little return and that's, it's actually it's ended up being a very bad piece of business. I'm not saying the clubs handled it badly, like it's just circumstance. So, but that's... Yeah, I, I, I think we all said at the time that it's you know we'd like to see more of that actually because mm-hmm, you know definitely. we we want to see you know even risk taking at those sort of levels is risk taking for the A League because you know as we've seen there's so much recycling, there's so much just fucking you know you know. You know Basically, mutual termination, yeah. Yeah, mutual termination, lots of and lots of when it comes to overseas moves, you know, it's all it's all on freeze. It's all you we're know, coming off oh, the back of McLaren, mm. yeah, going for free when he felt like it, pretty much. Yeah, yeah like we see you know, very just little allowing that. them to, to you know take those opportunities. It's like no, like we should be paying transfer fees and we should be having transfer fees paid for our players. Like, it should be, we should be a proper part of the international transfer system. Mm. You know, we should be, you know, uh, doing all of the above. So the, the the fact that we paid a transfer fee was a good thing, it just obviously hasn't worked out in this instance. And, you know, I, I think this is definitely a, you know, the process was correct, the, yeah. the thought process was correct. The results didn't obviously uh, work out. Yeah. Is that, that because we picked the wrong player or do you just think we didn't? 
Uh, Mork, Mork, the, the talent for Mork was clearly there at, at, uh, the, at that time. And, look, and it's just we've changed managers, we've changed philosophy and how we're doing things, and he hasn't suited this new manager system. And that's and that's you know that's that's how a club is. We we live and die by what our manager is. Uh, yeah. They said they said they said what the thing is like. We don't we're not a Barcelona that has this. Many of a Barcelona goes away from a bit these days, but you know, um, maybe it's a, you know, we don't have this whole thing where this is what how we play football, and really we just get a manager in to keep it rolling. And and and, yeah. and really, the moment we do that, the moment we're more successful, mm. because for a little while it actually was like that at Brisbane Royal Football Club because. You know, pretty much from day one, right through till you'd probably say the end of Mulvey, mm-hmm. it was continuity in, in style, in the fact that we would not accept anything less than attacking football. You know, the the fans basically expected it. It was almost like you know uh, a Tottenham, but with success. Um, <laughs> you know, because it's yeah. been said many times that a Tot- Tottenham fans want pretty football and don't give a fuck about results to the extent that some other clubs might. You know, they just want to go and be entertained each week. And they'll have Jose Mourinho as a manager. Yep, so (laughs) it's like on that one. Um, So, so yeah, like I think that we were the Australian equivalent of that for a long time Hmm. and we did not brook negative football. And, yeah, unfortunately now we've had a losing and, uh, uh, you know, obviously a little bit of Robbie Fowler to, to a certain extent. You know, kind of tarnish that, and Franz Tyson, and you know, we've we've had a bit of a run of managers that, unfortunately, have just played some pretty shit football, and you know, um, mm. you know it's just gotten lost over the way. Yeah, yeah that, that, that think, culture got lost. Yeah. Do you think? Um, so, I guess the other long-term deal that we know of was Shannon Brady at the time. Uh, Mork obviously went better than that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, my point is, I guess, are we scared now? Uh, a bit frightened, a bit reluctant to throw, like. How long did Robbie Fowler yeah. sign any of our current players uh, for? No one's on longer than two years, so, I don't think so. Are we still a bit has like mm. again, okay, Robbie's finding his feet, but do you think next like next season if he's gearing up to start signing someone towards the end I, of this year? This I, I legitimately think soon? what we should be doing, all of our young players, like Shannon Brady, that's a worthy game to me. Like yeah. even if it's here for five years, we were not paying him a lot of money. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So if you go and you sign you know, for example, Jordan Courtney Perkins, Isaac Powell, you know, um, you know, even a Conor O'Toole, even though that didn't work out. Like, those kind of players, they're the players you signed for four or five years. You know, the homegrown talent mm. and, you know, you bring them through the academy or you, you know, sign them from another NPL or A-League club. You sign them up for five years. You hope that they grow into a Europe bound talent in that time and then yeah sell them on anyway speaking of young talent that's moving on Emlyn Wellsmore has uh, signed with the Gold Coast Knights in yes. the NPL so uh, good luck to Emlyn Wellsmore so. absolutely no it's uh, as we kind of said we, we kind of wish we'd had a bit more of an opportunity uh, in the first team last season when it was all being rotated around and um yeah, didn't really get that with us, so let's hope his uh, career kicks on from here. Yeah, that's it. And uh, Gold Coast Knights, obviously, pretty rock solid NPL team, and yeah, uh, that, that'll kick off. Least, at the very least, you know, that's kind of stepping stone onto NPL Victoria clubs, and you know, mm. it's a shop window for you know your MacArthur's, your Western United's. That you know, we, he's we, he's still well young. There's still plenty of opportunity for him. That's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I would. I should say, uh, FFA Cup draw has happened for the state of Queensland. 
earlier earlier fixtures are out. So this is round two. <laughs> it's round two got drawn. I but it's the first round. I don't understand. There is no round one. <laughs> well, there is round one that is qualifying in some states. Some states, but we don't seem to have it here. So yeah. I don't know. So Maybe we just draft. have to have a number of rounds to make up the number of fixtures. Yeah, and so there is a theoretical yeah. round one. Cause yeah. Because it, it's, it's... If maybe enough teams join or something, yeah, you know, you yeah. start to pay the fee to play. Because there is... Mm. There's play-in tournaments in, you know, the real, yeah. like, church league sort of <laughs> stuff, like... Yeah, they, they have playing tournaments, yeah. so yeah. Um, last year's uh, Coomera Colts uh, drew Noosa Lions away in a uh, – so I uh, couldn't avoid uh, – around. so, you know, that's about <laughs> the only named team. It's uh, all your good local teams. Uh, yeah. Tawong FC, um, our comrade Dave plays, uh, got a bye. So uh, into the second round. And I can't remember uh, who's – I didn't actually look up where, where – Oxley. 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 I didn't actually look up what Oxley got if they got. So anyway, that's, uh, that's all happening. And NPL kicks off soon as well. So that's all about stuck kicking off. Uh, 20 grand was the final total raised by Brisbane Raw for the Rural Aid, so all through their auctions and all sort of that. So that was some good, good quality stuff there. Sort of touched on the Dolphin Stadium redevelopment. Obviously, Dave mentioning we will have slightly reduced capacity. So officially, this is um, from the statement. It was a, a 3,170-seat grandstand at the northern end of the ground, so that's the end that's been the hill at the moment, so the opposite end to the Leagues Club. Uh, it's a, a $6.5 million stage uh, redevelopment. Uh, it's also a, a bunch of new change rooms, change solicitor for female athletes with direct access to the field, so there'll be a, a gate on, and I guess that'll enable to have two games to have probably. I'm guessing there's probably one main set of change rooms, and when they say female, it's more like you have like a female and a male game. It's not like females really need anything special. They just need a separate change room from men. Yeah. Um, sounds another the field out the back of it's going to get upgraded and stuff like that. So, um, and of course, the whole female athlete thing is um, you know big tying into probably what the grants were. So uh, it helps Ben to be in the marginal electorate to get some federal government funding. I'm sure you'll agree. It certainly does, and I also think that it's uh, I also think that it's partly because. Um, I'm almost certain that it's this is going to market as a nearly permanent home for the W League team going forward, yeah. as well as for playing at standalone Broncos women's fixtures yeah. there. Um, that would be a smart underground for them. Because, um, yeah, because I'm... I've got a little bit of an in with Broncos women uh, representative there, and... Um, yeah, it certainly does appear like that may be on the cards. Obviously, I don't want to be breaking Broncos women news on the broadcast, but um, <laughs> that appears to they be, would be in, in the works anyway. It's clearly, I guess, they can now start to position it as the main, like the the alternative to like because there's not a lot after you play at Suncorp Stadium to the next tier down. That's and the problem, in yeah, and that's yeah. a problem in Queensland, especially around Brisbane. well, well yeah. documented on yeah. this program yeah. over the, you know on this podcast over the years. Yeah, so this one, interestingly enough, had funding from obviously the Leagues Club themselves, uh, the Moreton Bay Regional Council, and the federal government, the state government not included. <laughs> hey, there you go. I actually saw uh, Suncorp uh, Suncorp Stadium, uh, Sunshine Coast Stadium, also getting a big upgrade. So. It is, yes, yeah. no, it's certainly yeah. uh, well past time they mm. had uh, more than just that one stand. Yeah, exactly. So uh, this one's just sort of breaking around today, this morning. Uh, Hyundai, the Sydney Morning Herald reported that Hyundai is leaving as a sponsor of like, the FFA. Uh, it sort of got counteracted a little bit this afternoon by yeah. our good friend, Mr. Chris Fong, in the, uh, talking to the World Game around that the Hyundai was still probably involved somehow. Look, this is, I think, a messy part of the FFA A-League divorce stand that, um, you know, just some of these consequences. So we'll have to see what happens. It could be Hyundai just probably 
drunk safe. Uh, and look, yeah, I'm full cynic because we were in this exact position six months ago talking about Fox. Yeah. Oh, they don't want the, the footy anymore. And it's like, oh, we're coming up to the point where we start talking about how much it's going to cost them to keep the footy. And, yeah. oh, Hyundai don't want to be part of the A-League anymore. And it's coming up to around about the time where we need to sign a new deal. How much should they pay? So, yeah, this just sounds like a bit of... Mm. Bit look, Hyundai's really been a great hard. sponsor. And, look, Hyundai are now a very well-known car brand. And you wouldn't necessarily say that 15 years ago, like when they signed on for the start of the A-League. So... So much so that, like, you know, the known, like, acronym for the league is HAL. Yeah. You know, like, that's high-end AA league. So, you know, that's, yeah, it's been a good deal. And, look, if it ends, it ends. But, you know, they might struggle to find a replacement, I think. I guess the hard part for me is, I mean, taking off Seneca again, um, like, if you're high under, how do you know what state the league is going to be next season? I assume that the PFA or whatever is going to take over that full time. How do you know what you're sponsoring? You don't know what the product Mm. is anymore. Are all the clubs going to go and get car sponsors? And then you'll just... Yeah. The sponsor of the overarching thing that you've got, like, it's you right. know, like, how do you know? So, and if they then do want to have Hyundai as the main sponsor, they surely need some sort of exclusivity to stop that from happening. And is that on the table? They don't know. So, yeah, yeah I, if I'm Hyundai, I probably am hesitant. Yeah, exactly. Not to the point of announcing that I'm done with it, which maybe they haven't done. Maybe they haven't said that. Yeah, but, yeah. I look, yeah. you know, and who knows? Didn't you know who this news leaked from out to the media that they were? going to cancel the deal to come from Hyundai? Is the FFA trying to call them out? Is it, you know, it's, I think there's some games going on behind the scenes there. Yeah, and, um, certainly, certainly yeah. agree there. This is business. Yes, this, this is business. Cool. Probably the last two uh, all coming in around our, uh, the big issues obviously coming around with the coronavirus, getting around the world. Uh, so the Asian Champions League, it's in chaos a bit at the moment. Ignore, I, I think Iran teams all have to play away from home because of that situation. China teams already obviously forced to play away. Australia has now shut our borders to basically anyone from China. Even our own citizens apparently have to go getting flights back through New Zealand or something to come back. It's very weird, which now when you have groups with Australian and Chinese teams, they can now neither play in China nor here. I don't know if any news has broken late, Ben, that you've noticed uh, across no, social media. Uh, so they're apparently meeting today to maybe try and find a solution to this. Uh, <laughs> My favourite story here is... Um the Perth, whoever's playing against Perth. I think Warriors. it's Shanghai Shenhua. Yeah, Shanghai. Sh- 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 it's one of the Shanghai's. I see their suffered. Yeah, you, you just mentioned that the FFA and the um, Asian or the Chinese equivalent yeah. are negotiating to figure out where the hell they play this game. Um, this Chinese club has just said, you know what? We don't care. It's our preseason. We need games. <laughs> We're not waiting to see what you say. We're pissing off to buddy. To yeah, UAE to have some bloody games and yeah, cancel, cancel, canceled their flights to Australia for yeah. the Asian Champions League. Yeah, they probably just transferred the flights. You yeah, know? yeah, <laughs> like non-refundable. Oh, we're supposed we're going to Abu Dhabi then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So there has been breaking news actually uh, as of four minutes ago. Uh, so the first three match days involving Chinese clubs are to be postponed. Oh, makes sense. Uh, yeah. So that's you know rounds one, two, and three, yeah. three of the group stage there so that'll be very interesting to see how it affects the rest of the ACL schedule yeah, um, that's going to create the A-League schedule yeah, I mean, that's going to create some real headaches later isn't it yeah it really yeah. is so there's going to be some fixture pile up for Perth um, and Sydney Perth, well, Sydney and Melbourne yeah that's right yeah, so maybe Melbourne uh, will have a coach by then <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think their friends these think it to be honest they're just coasting the end of the season that's I'll, right. I'll yeah. take old mate who had a reasonable game on the weekend and just keep him yeah that's it I mean, if he, he obviously has the right license because he took charge of their ACL qualifier. So, yeah. yeah, what else do you need at this time of year? Uh, exactly. So, yeah, all right, well, there you go. That's that one. The Matildas games have been very much in chaos, and this has been a constantly moving um, ball. The first game has actually happened in the qualifiers yesterday. Uh, Thailand lost 1-0 to Chinese 
Taipei, which is wow. that was not meant to happen. Uh, so that's a terrible result for Thailand. Uh, great result for Chinese Taipei. So well done to them. Yeah, yeah indeed. Uh, so the Matildas games at this at this stage, and this could still change. I think the first two are pretty locked in. Uh, so Friday the seventh versus Chinese Taipei. Uh, Monday the 10th versus Thailand. These are both out of Campbelltown Stadium in Lima. And then at this stage, 12th versus China, which is at West, um, at the stadium, at West Parramatta, uh, that stadium. So <laughs> the great news that came out, that leaked out today, is the Chinese team have been practicing in the hallways of uh, the Westin Hotel where they've yeah. been in isolation <laughs> and apparently like, upsetting the other guests. <laughs> they like something like two weeks, two weeks. They yeah. Had to- because pretty much yeah, right. as soon as they've been here, and they've been in Brisbane a while, they've just been locked up, and that's why all these games got pushed back. So it's, uh, yeah, it's been an interesting situation to see this one evolve. And uh, I mean, everything now is probably the Matildas, like yeah, Thailand, right? Thailand is literally just blowing their chances of doing anything by losing to Chinese Taipei. So, if, and if the, this Chinese team has literally been locked up, cannot go out and train. I don't think they've been allowed in the gym. Uh, Full quarantine. Yeah, they've been yeah. full quarantined. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. I mean, it sucks for them. You know, like, I mean, look, it the whole uh, coronavirus kind of sucks for football. I guess that's the hard part. So, like, you know, it, it's going to suck saying, "Oh, it's going to throw us in a bit of um, upheaval and, and mess things around." But at the end of the day, I guess we just got to say, "Look, people's people's health comes first. This is the, I think I heard today the World, World Health Organization. Mm. They, getting involved now so you know yeah it oh, sucks absolutely. with football but it, you know, someone who works the, right? and someone who's worked in the government there's been basically daily updates from the Queensland government uh, you know around sort of you know just it's, it's all about um, controlling just the spread of this disease and uh, you know that's his way and that, that hospital in Wuhan that I think you mentioned last week yeah. so we've got like it's finished this it's week complete, yeah. complete like there's nine a, days if you go on to build a one thousand one and a half that one one and a half thousand a time skip of that and yeah. it's just an aerial shot of that getting put together on fast forward over ten yeah, days. It's insane. Magic if you find it, just go look it'll be everywhere all over the yeah. internet. But I think that's I uh, it on news.com or Yeah, like that's that's insane and uh, and obviously a lot of it's prefab. It's not a real proper hospital hospital, it's more about isolation and stuff like that. But For sure. it's still an insane engineering. Oh, and even you need to be able to pump in the water and the electricity to it, like and there's just people everywhere. Yeah. Like I think it hasn't workers or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, and when you watch this, it's, and it's twenty four seven, cycling shifts. It's just people. It, I mean, it's amazing. Even if as temporary as it may be, it, it's just something amazing to see. Yeah, there was something about uh, I think uh, in Beijing or something. There was one set up for SARS, and that was it. Actually, basically been sitting empty since, and they've uh, think about bringing that one back in if they need it as well. So that's so anyway, uh, yeah. So it throws some of our footy games into disarray, mm. but hey, look. look I'll take that for six months of the year of upset footy schedules. Exactly. And at this stage, yeah. Right? So the positive from an Australian point of view is for the Matildas, like they should really rock this group now. And there's no, there's, they, this should be quite easy to finish top. So, yeah. mm, really? That's interesting. Okay. What we'll do now is a bit of PK League. Uh, ben, Bozza. Yeah. Uh, now, when you ask the question, <laughs> I mean, this statement, this question in itself is peak A-League. Yeah. When you say, what game or, you know, what sort of, you know, incident was described by a Fox Sports commentator as dog shit, you have to ask, first of all, which commentator and secondly, which <laughs> game at Central Coast Stadium. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
exactly. The Jeopardy clue of, uh, you know, this A-League commentator called us Andrew Coast Mariners gang dog shit who now has two answers. <laughs> <laughs> Getting caught on a hot mic on the international broadcast. Yeah. As as Daniel McBrain did. Yep. Um, so, um, yeah, Bozza. Well done, mate. Yeah, Bozza. Um, no, I mean... Accurate summation of that first half of that game because it was basically the highlights package, you know, leading into the break after the first half went in. So, oh, that was dog shit. <laughs> I, yeah. I think I remember Bozza getting caught on the mic for swearing and abusing one team before Christmas or before. Yeah, well, because he, he came back, it was one of those triple yeah, headers yeah. and he had came back like at halftime through the next game <laughs> in the chair and was like, oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, that's you not the first say time he's apologized. Yeah, like, that's become was around microphones. Yeah. Is, um... Well, you know, this is what happens. Fox Sports are cutting corners a bit with their, you know, they got rid of a bunch of their better hire producers who know you how to switch off a microphone very quickly. Uh, and these things happen. So, anyway, another classic peak A-League moment of commentators berating the game. Uh, Speaking of people getting berated, yeah. second uh, peak A-League. Uh, so, Man City, Harrison Delbridge got sent off third time, third red card for him this season. And we just wanted to highlight that his coach basically threw him under the bus in the media saying it's not good enough, he should be more responsible, more responsible to the team, and to keep his temperature, temperament um, under, under, yeah, under, under control. control, which is funny because I think his other two red cards were for handballs. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and one of them was a bit harsh. There was one where he was falling down. Yeah, yeah like fell on the ball and got sent off for a handball yeah. in the box. So, uh, yeah. I'll tell you what, that red card was well-deserved. Oh, definitely, but to say that oh, he's, he's so hot under the collar, he's been sent off three times, yeah. that's not really what happened here. Yeah. <laughs> Having yeah. said, I, like, I don't like Delbridge at all, but... Yeah, he's coached. I, I, I also do have to just mention, you know, regarding that. I wonder if um, Man City are going to apply to the FFA, um, say, you know, show how many hospitals he's visited <laughs> or the community where he's done um, to try and get his suspension reduced. Now, as, as biased as the uh, FFA is, surely by the time you get to his third red card of the season, he can't, <laughs> he can't show the Instagram well, photo of him at a hospital the question when it's on the coverage was. Do we have? Do we even have rules in the A League that say an accumulation of red cards is a longer suspension? Yeah. It's literally <laughs> never been more than three. No. So, I think he's he's gotten two weeks for it. So, well, that'd be just the challenge. But yeah, like if yeah. he gets another one, surely at some point you've got to say, mate, you need five games off. To think <laughs> yeah. shit, right? Exactly. Like, exactly. Look, I'm just rooting for him. I want him to turn the record now. Get yeah, it off, so man. do I. Yeah. So hopefully, when we're playing, take it off, boots. Take it off, boots. I'm just laughing. I heard um, Daniel Garb and Simon Hill on the Fox podcast, and they got. Hammered for putting him in their like prospective oh, team of the year or something. <laughs> he's up he's like, why would you pick him? And even Garby was like, three three reds. He just hasn't played enough football to be in my team of the year anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Surely he's disqualified now. Yeah. So they were like, get off her backs, okay? <laughs> uh, opinions. Oh well, Pete Ailey. big Ailey, indeed. All right. So you've got to go for Orange Pit. Well, look, I do, but I, I had one last week, you know. I thought somebody would be prepared, you know, uh, with another one. But, look, I'll, I'll go again. And, look, you got um, the point. So maybe you got the point because none of us got it. That's, that means it's, you know, it's still your turn. That's right. So, look, I'll go again and we'll we'll uh, we'll go from there. All right, let's play the intro. O-R-A-N-G-E. That spells orange easy as can be. O-R-A-N-G-E. That spells orange most definitely. All right, Ben, take it away. I think you're going to lead four points after your... I like a Like, I don't know. 
still not sure that's a real player, but anyway. Ben. Well, all right, let's uh, let's get this thing started, shall we? Um, I was born on the 2nd of March, 1979. Jehinia. Nope. Bus. I started my professional career at an English Premier League side. Paul Eiffel. No. No pass. Throughout my career, I played in only three countries, amassing 489 professional appearances and scoring 62 goals. Harry Kill? No. Mm, pass. Continues way too injured for Liverpool to play 400 games. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout my career, this, this, this is the absolute best one of these I think I've ever done. <laughs> I have won the League Cup of England twice for two different clubs. I have won the Premier League. I have won the Intertoto Cup. I have been a Europa League runner-up. And I was also a PFA and UEFA Team of the Year selection. Into Toto Cup. Good one, isn't it? Yeah, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's like the precursor to the Europa League. Oh, but right. it's like but it's like a qualifying tournament for the Europa League, basically, yeah. from back in the day. Yeah. When yeah. it was the UEFA Cup or whatever. I have yeah. a guy in my head, but I can't remember his name. I don't want to give pricey clues. <laughs> He's, um... Nah, but that, uh, I reckon... Did anyone from that league come and play out here? Hmm. Mark Schwarzer. No, I pass. I don't think he never played A-League, so... I started my international career by running out with the, uh... By running out with the my national team's uh, under-21s at the 1997 World FIFA Youth Championship in Malaysia, where my country gained the bronze medal. Mmm. So, you know, fair to say a bit of a golden generation from this country. <laughs> Gunnicha? No. I pass. I reckon I know who this is, but I can't for the life of me remember his name. Hey, what can, so you said eight, what was the tournament in Malaysia? So it was a, yeah. Um, FIFA, FIFA World Youth Championship. Oh, okay, all right. Now let's let's get a little bit more specific here, shall we? Yeah, sounds great, Ben. <laughs> My first professional club was Blackburn Rovers. I know who it is. I just can't remember his name. I even I know the country and everything. William Gallus. No. My last. Professional club was Shamrock Rovers. Wow. Okay. So England. Oh. Oh. Uh. Nick Flint. Terry Flint. No. Keep going. I started off in the Premier League. Made my Blackburn debut at the age of eighteen against Leicester City. I won the Man of the Match award in my debut. And in my first full season in 1997-98, I scored four goals. Not Heskey. No. Mm-hmm. You might, uh, 
anymore. No. I was relegated the season afterwards in 98, 99, and I did stay with the club though, down into the championship, and helped them achieve promotion back to the Premier League in 2001, and then win the League Cup in 2002, beating Tottenham 2-1 at the Millennium Stadium. How radio silence did we have last week? I can't It's been it's been a lot better this week. There's yeah. been guesses. I, I still reckon I know who it is if I can just get the guy's name. Michael Bridges? No. I finished as Blackburn's top goal scorer with 11 goals, finishing sixth in the 2002-2003 season. And in the off-season for the 2003-2004 season, I I was signed by Claudio Ranieri for Chelsea for £17 million. Is it Damien Duff? Yeah! Told you I knew who it was. Ah, there you go. Damien Duff. Got one, Nate. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Big boy. Big boy Butsy is on the on the board. So he was at Hart or City. Probably City at yeah. that point. That's how they got him. Yeah. Correct, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I'll just go yeah, through the rest of my yeah, so, He wasn't Fulham in there. I uh, thought of Fulham in the yeah. Europa League yeah. like runners-up, and that's where the sports event came from. Yeah, so I... In, in the season I signed, I played 23 games in all competitions, scoring five goals. I missed the Champions League semi-finals, but basically uh, was very important in the Premiership run. Arlene Robin basically was signed over the top of me, um, <laughs> and but Robin was injured in my first season there, so I was quite important the first year, um, scoring against Barcelona in the Champions League. But then I moved on to Newcastle United, where I won the Intertoto Cup as the... <laughs> One of the first yes. things I did there. Newcastle in the And then I moved on to Fulham after three years, after Newcastle's relegation. Scoring quite a few goals as they uh, went to the Europa League final. Roy Hodgson. And uh, you know, shortly after that, I signed for Melbourne City, where I played 15 times in the A-League. Once again, one of those ones that just comes under the 20 mark, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, very much a very famous name and, uh, you know, definitely qualifies for a going for orange. I, I remember him because I think he came to the A-League the year that they also got, was it David Villa? Correct, and he assisted... And- David V's first goal in the A-League. And then mm. Villa lasted only like six months and was not really great. Like six games. Yeah, like couldn't yeah. handle the heat. And yeah. Duff stayed on and actually had a pretty good most of the seasons. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And he was like under the salary cap or something stupid like that as well. Oh, it was under the cap. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was definitely some sort of city yeah. shenanigans to get him to come. Maybe like do a year in Australia yeah. and then he can go get some money in America or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on very quickly to sipping and wrap this up. Danny Butts, you've got the results from last week. Yes. That was my cue. Okay. So, last week, 
do we do we go up or down? Oh, so Dave, Dave, Dave and Rick got one point. Woo! Yeah, I bought him that donut. <laughs> and Yeshiva, the listeners, Pricey and Dan all got two. Yeah, and the leader from last week was Ben with three. Oh yeah! Wow. Calling the W League result, that was your one. That was basically your one difference maker. That was yeah. uh that is smashed. I still think Newcastle let me down. <laughs> I had that tip. I was, I was the, the grin on my face the while that was happening, and the sadness at the end. Um, that is what Newcastle do to you. <laughs> so that puts uh, Yeshiva on fifty-two, and Dave, Rick, and Ben all on sixty-three. So Ooh, the battle yeah. for. Not second last. <laughs> <laughs> well, one point ahead in them is the listeners on 64. And Price is on 65. So that is... tight mid-table there. Yeah. It's very A-League-esque or um, Premier League-esque. Yeah. Someone running away with it. Somebody right at the very <laughs> bottom. bottom. And then a whole bunch of in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so I've got 77 at the moment. <laughs> and I figured it out during the week, and this is like top-tier math right here. If you take the average of Dan and Yeshiba, we're half a point behind Pricey in second. <laughs> you can drag Yeshiba so, so close to me. I think there. that's going to be the tipping benchmark going forward. <laughs> the average of Dan and, and Nate, and then see how everyone stacks up to that. <laughs> Come on, Nate, we got this. <laughs> you carry me in the going for orange. I'll give you a hand in the tipping. <laughs> Uh, all right, it is it is uh, Derby week this week, so uh, let's roll through them all. So we kick off on Friday night with the Melbourne Derby, that's City versus Victory. Dave has gone for Melbourne City. Rick and Yoshiba are on Melbourne Victory. What says you, Ben? City, please. City? What says you, Dan? Draw. Draw? I am actually really unsure about this one. Yep, hard one. Yeah, so I'm going to go draw as well. Um, you know, which means I won't catch up to you, but anyway. Uh, next up is the Distance Derby. Uh, I'm not sure who's at home in this one, but so far we have Dave and Rick on the glory, Yeshiba on the draw. I'm going to back the glory. They're pretty good at the moment. They're unlucky in the weekend, but uh, what says you, Dan? Yeah, glory. glory. I really yeah. like them. I said it before. I really mm. love the way they play. Yeah, I'm going to go past it. All right. Well, Yeshiva's the only one on a different result there, so Wellington result came bound. Uh, put your house on it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the Sydney Derby on Friday night. Wonder is getting a special train service from Parramatta down to um, the closest train station, which is pretty cool, because uh, those two lines don't normally interact in um, mm. Sydney. Uh, Dave, Rick, and Yeshiva all on Sydney FC, expecting a thing. I'm going to continue to back them there. What says you, Ben? We got the draw. Draw? Dan? Sydney. Sydney. And what uh, I'm calling the fighting in the tunnel derby is uh, <laughs> so far, Dave, Rick, Yeshiva, all back in Brisbane. Uh, what says you, Ben? Um, actually, uh, oh, Dan, how about you? Just the, I didn't actually punch him, Darby. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I didn't actually eye gouge him. <laughs> uh, don't even. Uh, I'm going to go Brisbane at home. Brisbane at home. Adelaide. Yeah, I've seen Adelaide beat us too many times at home as well. <laughs> uh, F3 Derby rounds out the round on a Sunday afternoon. Dave and Rick are on the Newcastle. Yeshiva is back in those Mariners. Uh, Dan? I'm going Jets here. 
You think they might actually be able to score I, this week? I think out of 50 chances, <laughs> they'll, they'll get one and that'll do it. Smells like a red-hot draw to me. <laughs> red-hot draw. <laughs> draw of disappointment. Um, I am going to back... No, I cannot back the Central Coast Mariners. Uh, they're just not that good. I, I, I'm going to have faith in Newcastle. I think they're due. I think they're due. Roy Donovan. Roy Donovan hat trick, yeah. Roy Donovan hat trick, red card. <laughs> Roy Donovan hat trick in a 4 3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in a 4 3. That's it. There's no W League this week because of all the Matildas qualifiers going on. Uh, they'll be back in next week as well. So, uh, as you heard from David Quire, uh, so the our team will be playing someone lo- a local team just to keep some of the fitness up. And obviously, important transfer news going on there as well. So there might be a new signing or two, just to probably bolster the squad. You heard it for the first, unless it gets announced before this yeah. goes out. Yeah, maybe they might sneak that, <laughs> they might sneak that out over the next morning, uh, just to get this. All right, that'll do us this week. Thank you very much for joining us, Mr. Ben Clark. Thank you, Mr. Price. And Mr. Danny Butts, thank you very much. Thank you. Well done, you bastard on the going for orange tip. <laughs> Terrible. I might um, like it every week. If you'd have said to me at the start of the season, will you get a going for orange? No. No? No. <laughs> I should have. I was trying to think of Fulham players, man. Anyway. All right. That's enough. Thank you once again very much to David Perret for joining us this week. Hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, we'll catch you again next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.